Hi, everybody. I'm Pastor Dwayne Sheriff. Thanks for being a part of Healing University. This is a continuation of our in-depth study of God's will and provisions in regards to receiving, walking in, and ministering healing to others. This has been such a blessing for me. This is Lesson 8 in Level 2. And in this session, I'm going to share on wisdom and the wisdom for health and healing. If we're going to walk in healing, then we're going to have to understand the kingdom of God. We're going to have to have wisdom. And there are just things that we need to know in order to not only be healed, but also maintain that healing or walk in the light of that healing. And there's certainly things that we need to learn. And I'm going to be covering some of those things in a, another lesson on, on how to minister healing to others. So many people will get healed and they'll receive their healing and suddenly they'll either lose their healing or they'll have another experience with a sickness or a disease and struggle more and or they'll just get they'll get confused or they'll get discouraged in their faith. I've I've had people say things to me as a pastor like, Well, you know, I, I received my healing and man, there's no doubt the symptoms left. I knew God touched me and that 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 manifestation of His grace was working in my life. But, you know, a month later, they either lose that healing or struggle with something else and they get confused. Well, just because we receive a healing doesn't necessarily, we can maintain it. Just like how many people do you know that have received the forgiveness of their sins but wind up back in a sin again? And then they repent of that sin and they receive their, their forgiveness and they'll walk free from that sin for a month but then sin again. Just because they sinned again, that doesn't mean God didn't forgive them before. It doesn't mean they weren't cleansed and washed of that sin any more than receiving a healing. And then if you struggle with that same sickness or disease again, did the first healing not really count or was I really healed? Just because we're healed of something doesn't mean we're still not subject to sickness again or disease again. Because remember, we're in a fallen world. There's sin and sickness all around us. We're all being tempted to sin and we're all being tempted with sickness. And we have to resist sickness just like we have learned to resist sin. And so if we're going to walk in the light of healing, if we're going to walk in God's will that is to heal us, we've got to understand the wisdom of God. We have to have a knowledge of certain things or we're violating kingdom principles or spiritual laws that create problems in our life. In Hosea 4, 6, for instance, the Bible says, my people, God's people perish. And he said, for a lack of knowledge, a lack of knowledge. Many of the things we're suffering from in this life is because we simply don't have a knowledge of God. We haven't received God's wisdom in that area, revelation from God in that area. Let me encourage you to live a life in pursuit of not just healing, but health. God doesn't just will to heal. He does will to heal and he wills to heal everybody all the time. But he wills more than just a healing. He wills for us to be healthy. He wills for us to be whole. You can't do that without a knowledge of God. You can't do that without a knowledge of the word. Again, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. What kind of knowledge was Hosea talking about? He wasn't talking about natural knowledge or just carnal knowledge. He's talking about a knowledge of God, the wisdom of God. And God wants us to walk in wisdom and not only receive our healing, but maintain that healing and walk in the light of that healing and, 
and not only receive the healing and walk in the healing, he wants us to understand healing and have wisdom so that we can minister to other people the grace of God in this, in this area. So wisdom is vital, and we can't have wisdom without the Word of God. Jesus said in a prayer in John 17, 17, he's praying to the Father before he went to the cross, and he said, sanctify them, sanctify the disciples, sanctify everybody that will believe on Jesus through their name in John chapter 17. And he said, sanctify them through thy truth, thy, thy word is truth. The Word of God is the truth. If you want to know the truth of God's will, you have to go to the Word. If you want to know truth in regards to God's plan for your life, you go to the Word. We live in a world that's looking to college professors and psychologists and psychiatrists and politicians and on and on I could go with people looking for truth and understanding and wisdom in the world versus the truth that's in Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, the Bible says God has made Jesus wisdom and sanctification and redemption unto us. Jesus has brought wisdom to us and now we need to access that wisdom by faith, by diligently searching the scriptures and knowing the truth. Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. You could say it this way. If you continue in my word, you'll have wisdom. You'll have understanding. And that wisdom, that understanding will make you free. Free from what? Free from sin. Free from sickness. Free from disease. Free from oppression and depression. Man, I'm about to preach myself happy here. And that's not the purpose of this. I need to share the word of God with you because God's word is wisdom. And let me encourage you, dear ones. There is man's wisdom all around us. We live in a very arrogant, high-minded, intellectual culture. And people think they are so smart and they think they're so wise as they celebrate many times and live in sin that's bringing death into their lives. God wants you and I to have the eyes of our understanding enlightened and opened and know His heartbeat, know His love for us, know truth, and know that truth in a way that it makes us free. And so I want to talk to you about truth and wisdom and just some simple things that will help you walk in health and divine healing. That's what this session is, is how that wisdom is vital to you walking in health and being a healthy person. I wish I had time to share and I don't, but I'm having these thoughts right now of even God's healing in our life. Does it, does it end with just our bodies? God wants to heal our minds of past mistakes and cleanse us of those things where we can look forward and, and fulfill His purpose for our lives. He wants to bring healing and health into our marriage and that relationship. He wants to bring healing and health, wisdom on how to walk with our children and be a blessing to our children. And so I believe while there are so many things I could share on, I want to laser in on, on just a couple of things that are vital in regards to wisdom to walk in health and healing. If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, or, or in my case, a, a phone that I have my Bible on it. You know, people, uh, when I minister, I'll have my phone, and <laughs> some people think I'm on Facebook or something like that. No, I'm not on Facebook. This is my phone that has my Bible on it. And so let's look at 3 John. 3 John, there's only one chapter in 3 John. And it is so awesome how John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is communicating with Christians. God's beloved. 
And you can hear the heart of God in this. He says in, in verse 2 of, of 3 John 1, Beloved, I wish above all things, I wish above all things that you may as prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Notice that, that prosperity and health is connected to the prosperity of our soul. The prosperity of health in our bodies begins with the prosperity of our heart or a part of our heart, our soul. The renewing of our mind to the Word of God, to the will of God, to the wisdom of, of God. He says, I wish above all things, this is like a top priority, that you prosper. And again, prosperity is not limited to, limited to just finances. A prosperous person has a healthy marriage, healthy family, healthy career, on and on he could go. And then he says, and be in health. Notice he didn't say, I wish above all things that you could get healed. He said, I wish above all things that you be in health. See, God's will isn't just to heal us. God's will is that we walk in health, that we walk in health. But it's according, according to, the, to the prosperity of our mind. Many people want to be healed, but they don't want to renew their minds to the Word of God. They want to be healed but they don't, or prosperous, but they don't want to renew their mind to God's way of prosperity and His wisdom as it connects to finances. And so our minds and the renewing of our minds is a part of health and healing. In Romans chapter 12, I'm sure you're familiar by now with the passage that says that we will be transformed. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Let me tell you, the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is that you not only be healed, but that you, but that you walk in health and that you become a channel of God's goodness of health in other people's lives. And so he's, he's talking about God's will here, God's plan. And this gets really good. For I rejoice greatly, verse 3, when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. He said, I rejoice greatly over this when I heard you're walking in the truth. See, remember, it's walking in the truth and knowing that truth you're walking in that is going to set you free. Set you free from disease. Set you free from bitterness. Set you free from anger. Boy, I tell you, we could go a long way with all of those things that are coming to me right now. One of the things the Word of God and the wisdom of God does is it sets you free from all this unforgiveness, all this bitterness, all this wrath, all this anger and strife that are in people's hearts that are opening them up to being unhealthy. To being unhealthy. He goes on to say, verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. God has no greater joy than to hear that we're walking in the truth. What pleases God is the Word of God working in our heart and in our lives. What pleases God is faith, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This is lesson eight. You'll recall lesson six. I talked about God's grace in our lives and how that it's by God's grace that we're healed through faith. You can't have faith beyond your knowledge of the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Faith doesn't come by having heard. Well, I've heard this. No, no, no. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Your faith and my faith begins and ends where a knowledge of God's Word is acquired. That's why Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. Knowledge of what? The Word of God. 
the Word of God. As you walk in the Word, which is God's wisdom in your life, there will be a faith in God's grace that will cause a channel of these blessings to begin to manifest on a regular basis in your life. If you're going to walk in health, I can assure you, you need God's Word. You need God's wisdom. Man, I've seen people that were absolutely at death's door and there had been a, a death confession made over them, even by a doctor or family or friends. And I mean, they're right at the door. And man, if you're anywhere near anything like that, I can't encourage you enough to get in the Word of God and get the Word of God in you. God's Word is what changes us. God's Word is what cleanses us. God's Word is what brings faith to receive His goodness in our lives. So you need to be a person of the Word. And you need to know God has no greater pleasure, no greater joy than to hear that we're walking in the truth, which is His Word, which is wisdom. Now again, I could spend all kinds of hours on, okay, what wisdom do I need to walk in health and healing here and, and this key or this principle. There's a lot of things. As you seek God, He'll teach you. But one of the primary things that a lot of Christians miss is not forgiving other people, not understanding the wisdom connected with forgiveness, the wisdom of God, the Word of God, truth connected with not only being forgiven of your sins and healed of all your diseases, but forgiving other people. In 2 Corinthians, let's go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2. We're going to go to verse 9. And I want to share something Paul said about unforgiveness. And while there are many things in a church, remember, I'm a pastor and I, I pastor a, a multi-site church. And there's a lot of things you have to deal with in people's lives. But let me just tell you right now, dear ones, one of the primary things that creates havoc in people's lives is unforgiveness. Offense. Being offended and taking up an offense. And letting unforgiveness get in your heart and in your life. And the scriptures, the word of God, God's wisdom is clear on how important it is that you and I be a person of forgiveness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, this is where the church and Paul had invoked in chapter or 1 Corinthians chapter 5. They had literally invoked a form of church discipline on someone living in immorality and not willing to deal with immorality. And while they invoked church discipline on this particular individual, he was actually sleeping with his stepmother. They were having sex together. And instead of repenting of that, they were boasting about it. They were celebrating it as a form of some kind of love. But Paul didn't say that was love or that love wins when a stepson sleeps with a stepmother. And so they invoked church discipline to bring this person to repentance because of the deadliness of this type of sin in a church. Well, the guy repents. And so now Paul, in the second epistle to the church at Corinth, is encouraging the Christians now to confirm their love for him, to embrace him, to forgive him, to, to have compassion now on him in his sorrow and receive him into the things of God. And in Chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians, chapter 9, he, he starts off, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the New King James Bible translation. He says, for, for to this end, I also wrote 
that I might put you to the test whether you are obedient in all things. So the test that he's putting these Christians to is loving this man, receiving this man back into fellowship because he's repented. And so they're being tested. He says, now listen to this, verse 10. Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices. Wow, I don't know how anyone can read that and not be arrested and not get before God and make sure that your heart or my heart is right before God in this area. He said, we must forgive this man. We must extend forgiveness. Even as we've been forgiven now, we must forgive. And this is how we confirm our love for him. This is how we confirm our love one for another is walking in this, this thing called forgiveness. And he said, if we don't forgive this man, unforgiveness is a device that Satan uses to come now and steal, kill, and destroy. You know, this is so, so hard to get over to so many Christians nowadays. And I'm not sure what the disconnect is. While God loves me and God has forgiven me and God has made me righteous and truly holy in his eyes, sin is still deadly. And that while God loves me, if I sin, sin is deadly and dangerous and it can wreak havoc not only in my heart, my body, my soul, but my life. In Galatians chapter 6, Paul is so clear there. He says, be not deceived. And I'm telling you, many Christians today are deceived. He said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that's what a man will reap. If you sow to your flesh, you will of your flesh reap corruption. If you sow to God, you will of God reap eternal life. He said, even as Christians, written to Christians, if I sow to my flesh, I will of my flesh reap a form of corruption. Man, I love that. He didn't say if you sow to your flesh, you will of God reap corruption. He didn't say if you sin, God is going to punish you. God is going to be angry with you. God is going to pour wrath out on you. He didn't say that. He said if we sin, God's not deceived. Don't you be deceived. God's not mocked. You will of your flesh reap corruption. See, if we sin, we yield over to Satan and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And through that weakness of our flesh, and technically the lack of repentance now for a sin, he begins to, to create all kinds of problems in our flesh, our bodies, our mind, our marriages, our lives. I don't know what's so hard to understand about that. And I pray that God help me communicate better. While again, God loves me and God doesn't punish me and God doesn't turn on me if I commit a sin. Sin is still deadly, dangerous, and opens the door for Satan. Paul said that if we don't forgive, if we embrace unforgiveness, Satan takes advantage of us and that we shouldn't be ignorant of his devices. In other words, we need wisdom. In other words, we need to understand how much God loves us, yes, and how God never leaves or forsakes us, yes, and how God doesn't punish us for any sin or pour wrath out on us, and how Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us, yes, and amen, sin yields us to Satan who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. One of the many things, if I, if I get in unforgiveness, the Bible says he can steal and, 
and kill and destroy is my health. It's my health. He can steal the healing that Jesus has provided for me in His amazing grace if I choose to unforgive. Wow. I've got a whole series on this. I've got series that you can download on the internet absolutely for free. Some of them in video, all of them by audio minimal, and they're free. But I have a series on the process of forgiveness, how that we have to learn to forgive. And we have to, if we're going to walk in God's wisdom and light and truth, we have to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. Matthew, Matthew 10, 16 says, I got to be smarter than the devil. The devil knows that if he can get me hurt, if he can get me offended and then embrace unforgiveness, he can come now, steal, kill and destroy. Again, I've got teachings that are for hours on taking offense. They're awesome. I've got teachings on the process of forgiveness. That if you're a Christian, you have to choose to forgive. And when you don't forgive, you choose to unforgive. And there's consequences to that. It's not God again punishing you. It's not God rejecting or turning on you. It's the devil stealing, killing, and destroying you can't walk in health. You can't walk in wealth. You can't walk in all the blessings of God if you embrace unforgiveness. And yet we've got Christians all over the world that their heart is filled with offense. Their heart is filled with unforgiveness and they can't figure out why Satan is taking advantage of them. This isn't a great mystery. Wisdom says, Paul says, in wisdom, the Word says, make sure you live a forgiving life. And that you allow no unforgiveness to get into your heart. Or Satan will take advantage of you. It's not that God won't heal us. It's that Satan through the sin of unforgiveness steals our healing. There's a difference. There's a difference. And so you got to be quick to repent when you get hurt of unforgiveness. Again, so many Christians struggle with this. And there are a lot of things that have been said I'm not sure if I have time to cover even the process of forgiveness. I've got like four hours on this because there are some things that happen to us as Christians that hurt us deeply. We're broken. We're hurt. And if we don't know how to get healed of that hurt, that hurt can turn into bitterness. That hurt can turn into wrath. That hurt can turn into strife and division. Look at James chapter 3 because James, the brother of Jesus here, he compares the wisdom of man with the wisdom of God. There is the wisdom of man that we need to avoid and learn how to, to overcome, but there's the wisdom of God that we must embrace if we're going to walk in health and prosperity, if we're going to walk in joy, love and peace and kindness. We've got to embrace grace, whose name is Jesus. And in embracing grace, embracing Jesus, Jesus will always lead you to forgive people that have trespassed against you. Forgive people that have hurt you. And you can do it. Again, forgiveness is a choice. And to not forgive is a choice. And it yields you to Satan. Forgiveness is not what we've been taught, many of us. Forgiveness in the Bible, and I prove this in those teachings, and you can get them for free. Forgiveness in the Bible is not forgive and forget. I think personally that's one of the meanest things that can be said to anybody is that you haven't forgiven until you forget. There are things that have happened to all of us. You're not going to forget it like amnesia. 
or memory loss. People that have been through a divorce and been damaged deeply through a divorce, you think they're going to forget they were ever married to somebody else or went through that? People that have been molested by an uncle at 10, at, at 8, and you tell them they can't forgive until they forget? They're not going to forget like memory loss or not know that happened to them. But you can forgive even if you can't forget. Because forgiveness in the Bible and the theme and, and narrative of forgiveness in the Bible is release people of debt. Boy, that's just how simple it is. You release somebody of their debt. You may have been molested. And it, it still hurts or you still have issues and you need help and you got to work through it. But you can release that person of the debt, meaning you're not going to seek vengeance. You're not going to hold it over their head. You're not going to hate them now in your heart. You're going to give them to God who is the righteous judge. And this thing will work out. They will be judged. If they don't find repentance in this life, they're going to stand before God and give an account for what they did to you. God is a just God. He's a righteous God. And one of the things that helps me forgive anybody of anything is I can turn them over to God. That God is a just, righteous God and vengeance is His and He will repay. So forgiveness is the release of debt. A lot of people think they haven't forgiven and they say, I can't forget because somebody's wronged them and they can't trust them. There's a difference between forgiving and trusting. There are people I have forgiven that have wronged me deeply, but I don't trust them and I have forgiven them. Wisdom says not to trust them. If you go into business with somebody and they run off with all the money and you wind up in foreclosure or bankruptcy and that person even repents and comes back and apologizes to you and the next breath says, let's go into business together. You're not real wise if you go into business with them again until they show fruits of repentance. So trust has to be earned. Trust is built. Forgiveness is a gift that God gave us that we extend to everybody else. So I can literally forgive somebody and not trust them. I've had people in my church that have sinned and, and crossed the line with a child and, and they have repented and I've helped them walk through it and repent of it and, and deal with the damage to the child in repentance and restoration. But guess what? I'm not going to put them over the, over the children's church. Well, pastor, you haven't forgiven them. Oh, no, I've forgiven them, but they're going to have to show me fruits of repentance before I would be comfortable with them around another child. Man, I wish I had more time. This is going too fast with not enough time. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm feeling even led right now that we have to understand the power of forgiveness and the power of unforgiveness in a negative way in our lives and be quick to forgive people and be quick to repent of unforgiveness in your life. And, and look at wisdom here connected now to this. James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is a wise? Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Wow, the Bible says there's a wisdom that didn't come from God. It's a wisdom, but it's earthly, sensual, and demonic. The wisdom of this world is wisdom, but it's earthly wisdom. It's sensual. It's of the five senses, and it's demonic. But then he says there's a wisdom. After he says it's demonic, he says for, for, for where envying 
and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing. The King James Bible says where there's envy and strife, there's confusion in every evil work. So he's connecting wisdom already with our hearts and making sure our hearts aren't filled with envy and jealousy of other people and strife. Strife is division, it's discord. It's a form of unforgiveness. It's a form of offense. How do people get into all the strife that they're in? They're offended. They got their feelings hurt. Or they took up an offense. And it's not wisdom to carry that offense where there's envy and strife, division, discord, disunity. What happens in unforgiveness? We're in discord. What happens in un unforgiveness? We're in disunity. He says, where all this stuff is, there's confusion and every evil work. He's telling you again that the devil comes in when there is strife in our hearts and bitterness in our hearts and angry in our hearts and every evil work. Sickness and disease is in every evil work. It's a part of every evil work. I'm not saying everybody that's sick has strife in their heart and unforgiveness. I'm not saying everybody with a disease has unforgiveness in their heart. I hope you heard me say that. I am saying, however, if we embrace unforgiveness, we open the door for every evil work of which sickness and disease is a part of that. Then he says, look at this, verse 17. But the wisdom that's from above. See, there's a wisdom that's earthly, sensual, and demonic. That's man's. Then there's a wisdom that's from above. That's God's wisdom. He says, this wisdom that's from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and of good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Wow. Wisdom sows God's will in peace, not in strife. Wisdom sows God's will and God's love in peace. Not in anger and wrath and bitterness and self-seeking and jealousy and envy. Those things rotten your bones. Those things... Man, I don't know how to explain this totally. All I know is your heart, dear ones, was not designed by God to have unforgiveness in it, to have wrath in it, to have anger in it, to have seeds of, of, of bitterness in there. Our hearts weren't designed by God to carry all of this stuff. And when you do, it affects your health. When you hang on to resentment towards your parents or toward an employer or even toward churches, it damages you on the inside. And God wants you to repent of that. God wants you to release that. I'm not condemning anybody for struggling in unforgiveness and holding things over people. I'm simply sharing wisdom with you that your heart can't take that. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you let all that stuff get in your heart, it'll defile your body, it'll defile your soul, it'll defile your relationships. So we have to be quick to forgive. We have to be a people of forgiveness. We have to see how much God has forgiven us of all of our sins now and be so quick to forgive others. Look at Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Hebrews, chapter 12. And this is over the top what the writer of the book of Hebrews says. Look at verse 14. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Pursue peace. 
pursue peace. What are we talking about here now? Before we go any further, we're still talking about wisdom. Wisdom to walk in health and healing. He says, pursue peace. Why is he saying pursue peace? Because remember, Paul had already taught us and told us that if you have unforgiveness in your heart, Satan will take advantage of you. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. This is one of his devices, and we need to be wiser than him, smarter than him, and we need to realize anytime we're hurt, hurt's not the real issue between us and God and people. Now, I know that takes time to explain, but when we get hurt, hurt is not going to be the issue in your life and who hurts you and how bad they hurt you. Are you going to forgive or are you going to unforgive? That's the issue of your life. Many people are all messed up and they're blaming what other people done to them instead of realizing it's your unforgiveness that has opened the door for the devil to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, if they hadn't have done that to me and they hadn't wronged me and they hadn't have been so evil, I wouldn't be a mess like I am. No, there are people that have been done worse than you that have had wrong come their way that's worse than what you've experienced and they're functional and they're happy and they're productive. What's the difference? They forgave the trespasses of those against him. They forgave and released people of the dead. And so God's grace and mercy was able to keep their heart whole and their life now a reflection of God's amazing grace. When we don't forgive, we open the door for Satan who came to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's the one that's creating all the havoc in our life, not what somebody did to us. Man, I deal with people all the time that want to blame other people for the condition of their life. It's their fault. It's their fault. It's that that happened to me over there. And I'm sitting listening to most people and I'm thinking, worse things have been done to me than that. Why am I functional? Why am I blessed? Why am I filled with the joy of the Lord? I forgave people. Why are they in the mess they're in? Not because of what was done to them, but because they would not forgive. And that is powerful, I know. That could be heavy on some of you right now, but I'm not saying this to hurt you or condemn you. I'm saying this to set you free. I'm saying this that you can right now choose to forgive what's happened to you. You can choose to forgive that person, which in simplicity is a choice, not an emotion. It doesn't mean I, I forget, and it doesn't mean I ever have to trust them again. I release them to God, and I'm pursuing peace. Man, that's good. He says in verse 14, pursue peace with all people. And holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Man, I wish, wish we could just stay there. Follow peace and holiness. He says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest a root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. A fruit of bitterness springing up, causing trouble. When we don't forgive, a root of bitterness springs up and it, the root of bitterness, is what causes all our trouble. No, it's what that person did to me 20 years ago. No, it's unforgiveness that leads to a root of bitterness that's creating all the trouble now. That means you can forgive them and break the power of the devil Embrace grace because you are falling short of grace when you are in unforgiveness. You're not being gracious when you don't forgive people. So you can forgive people right now. While I'm talking right now, you say, I forgive them. It's that simple. I release the dead. I give them to God. God's going to take care of that. And now you don't have that root of bitterness that's causing trouble. Let's finish reading it. I keep getting excited. He says that when people, when people fall short of the grace of God, this root of bitterness springs up 
causing trouble, and by this many become defiled. Wow. I don't know what you think when you read something like that, but when I see that, I think, wow, God just warned me that many of His people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge of what? God's kind of wisdom that comes from above, that is peaceable. And that even what's right that we're trying to do, it's sown in peace, not in anger. It's sown in peace, not in wrath and strife and jealousy. And that we are to pursue peace with all people. As much as lies within us, we are to live at peace with all men. Why? Because if I let unforgiveness, if I take an offense of what somebody said and let it get in my heart, if I take an offense of what people say about me or what people do to me, or say about you, or, or do to you, the Bible says that it can turn into a root of bitterness. And it springs up troubling us. And many of us get defiled by it. Boy, nobody needs, within the sound of my voice, nobody needs to be defiled by a root of bitterness. Everyone within the sound of my voice can walk in God's wisdom and in health and in healing because we're going to be at peace with everybody. Everybody's not at peace with me, but I'm at peace with everybody. There is no ought in my heart toward anyone. There's no unforgiveness in my heart. There's no anger, wrath, or bitterness. There's no strife in my heart. There's no envy or jealousy in my heart. Why? Because I've chosen to forgive everybody of everything. And now Satan has no place. It's this unforgiveness that yields us to Satan who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And how does he do it? He causes anger to get deep into our heart, bitterness to get deep into our heart, wrath. Man, and the good news is we can repent of unforgiveness. And then we can choose to forgive. In 1 John 1, 9, 1 John 1, 9, John is teaching us how to walk in the light as God is in the light. He's teaching us to deal with any time we stumble or fall because a righteous man falls down seven times, but he gets back up. We all make mistakes. We all fail. We all fall. We all have things that happen to us and an offense that knocks on our door and we just choose to not forgive. And we need to be quick to recognize that though. None of us are beyond holding on to an offense or unforgiveness because it knocks on our door every day. But we have to learn to be quick to forgive, even as we've been forgiven for Christ's sake. And remember, when we forgive, it's not just for Christ's sake. It's not even for the person's sake that we're forgiving. It's for our sake. Man, one of the reasons I want to forgive people is for my sake. I know what unforgiveness can do. I know how Satan will take advantage of me if I choose to live in unforgiveness. So I'm going to be quick to forgive. And I'm going to be quick to repent for unforgiveness. Many of you watching right now, you need to just simply say, Father, I'm sorry. I, I repent of unforgiveness. And I receive my forgiveness for unforgiveness and I forgive the person that offended me or the person that hurt me or the person that failed me or the person that let me down and just receive now your forgiveness and cleansing in your body and now binding Satan. This throws people when I say it, so I'm going to be clear and slow as I can. But one of the reasons I'm quick to repent is repentance is how I bind the devil. 
People talk all the time about binding the devil and they scream and holler and pray and shout and run around and they're binding the devil. I bind you, devil, in Jesus' name. Well, if you have unforgiveness in your heart towards your spouse or your kids or an employer or a church member, you can bind the devil with words all you want. But you've given him place through unforgiveness, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. So the way you bind him is to repent of unforgiveness. Man, that's powerful. I hope you can process that. Because again, people are binding the devil but then uh, with their mouth, but then with their, their hearts and unforgiveness, opening the door wide open for him to come steal, kill, and destroy. I bind him by forgiving people. Because he wants to use that as a device. And I am wiser than the devil. I know what the devil's doing here when offense knocks on the door of my heart, when somebody mistreats me and I don't like it and I'm struggling letting it go and forgiving them, I know what's happening. And it's not what they're doing to me. It's the devil trying to get me to choose to unforgive so he can still kill and destroy. So man, I'm going to bind the devil. How do I do that? I forgive people. Every time you forgive somebody of anything, you just bound the devil. Amen. You just shift his saddle home. In 1 John chapter 1 again, verse 9, that's what John is saying. He says, if we confess our sins, if we confess an unforgiveness or confess of being angry, Father, I'm sorry that I got angry with my children. I'm sorry that I got angry at my boss. If we confess that, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Man, when I confess unforgiveness to God, when I confess I've, I've been angry, I've been in strife about that, that's just pride. Only by pride comes contention. Proverbs 13.10. So, Father, I'm sorry. I was in some form of pride, self-centeredness. I was self-seeking. I was hurt. They hurt me. So all I could think about was me and my hurt and what they did to me. And so I embraced unforgiveness. And Satan take, takes advantage of me in, in that. He's been taking advantage of me through that unforgiveness. And so, Father, I just received my cleansing now of all unrighteousness. Or in other words, Satan can't hold that over you anymore. God never held it over you. God's not holding anything over us, but the devil will. I'm going to say that again. God's not holding even unforgiveness over us, but the devil will. So when I repent and receive the faithfulness and justice of God to forgive me, He washes me and cleanses me of all unrighteousness. Now the effects of that unforgiveness is washed and cleansed. The root of bitterness or bitterness trying to take root can't happen now. That strife can't take place and open up all these doors and avenues of things that are not good that God doesn't will for my life. Man, this is powerful. I just want to encourage you to walk in God's wisdom, walk in God's Word, be a student of the Word of God, of the wisdom of God. Be quick to repent. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to let an offense go so Satan has no place in your life. I promise you this is powerful. I promise you there's the cleansing of God in repentance of any sin, especially these sins of anger, strife, bitterness, unforgiveness, offense. Man, be quick to repent and quick to forgive and watch the health of God spring forth in your heart and in your bodies.